I want to, several of you have asked about uh, our dental clinic that's going to be held here uh, on November 2nd, Saturday. Saturday, November 2nd. If you're interested in volunteering for that, just call the church office and let us know, and we'll be in contact with you afterwards. I'll talk to you more about that in the weeks yet to come, but that'll be on Saturday, November 2nd. John 15, this is the last of the seven I am statements from Jesus Christ, and what an appropriate uh, place to end this particular series of sermons on the vine and the branches. Verses 1 through 11 of John chapter 15 say it this way, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain or abide in me, and I will abide or remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear forth much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I, have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we come before you today, Lord, just so grateful to have you in our lives. Lord God, may we honor and glorify you above all things. May we take any thoughts or attitudes that would distract us or hinder us from worshiping you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, in a way that you so desire to be worshiped. And Father, thank you. Thank you for coming into our lives. Thank you for opening our hearts. Thank you for opening our eyes and our ears to your truth. Lord God, may we be faithful in discharging whatever you've asked us to do. There are decisions being made even now. And we pray that these decisions will become public. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. May we honor you above all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we see here, Jesus said, I am the true vine. The vine was a symbol of Israel. Uh, Isaiah, Psalmist, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all talk about Israel being the vine. Well, in those days, God took this vine, as the scripture says, out of Egypt and put it into what was called the promised land, the land that God would place the nation of Israel in. They were called the vine because they were meant to be the nation, the people, which God chose not only to draw to himself, 
but to use this nation, this people, their faith, to draw the world to himself as well. They were never intended to be an exclusive club, an exclusive nation uh, of any ilk. So Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine. I am it, the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Now the word abide or abiding or remain, remaining, is used 11 times in these verses. So it's a very important word. It's one of those, if you ever did word study or just to dwell on this, abiding in Christ, you see, you begin to get that image of all that Jesus is, is asking us to do of himself. We are the branches. Abiding in Christ means that we are the branches. He says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. We are the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. We have no life, no existence, no purpose apart from the vine, Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives us that lifeblood. He is the one that sustains us. And ultimately, when you see in verse 11, He is the one that gives us His joy, and that joy is complete. And it makes us absolutely not only complete, but fulfilled in all aspects of life. So as a branch, we bear fruit only through the vine. His is the lifeblood that courses through the vine, that extends through the branches. It is, it is Jesus Christ as our vine that becomes all that we can be in Christ Jesus our Lord. Abiding in Christ means to be in such fellowship with Jesus that His life works through us and that we bear fruit. Well, it's just that symbiotic relationship. The vine and the branches. The vine becoming the life-sustaining purpose. Well, there are four things I want to leave with you today about the vine and the branches. Number one is that the branches need nourishment. Apart from nourishment, if we don't get it through the vine, we don't get nourished. And if we don't get nourished, then obviously we're going to die up. We're going to wither on the, the vine and we will receive no life-sustaining nourishment. How do we get that nourishment exactly? Well, through worship. Not just through corporate worship like we are here this morning, but also through our independent individual worship as well. It is a matter of getting into Bible study. And once we get into Bible study, we begin to worship God for, for who He is, for what He's done, for how He's done it, for using us for His glory, for allowing us to be sustained through that relationship with Him. That Bible study, that devotional time is a way that we are also nourished. I don't know what your devotional time's like, but I pray that you set aside time during the day. Now, I realize that all of us are not morning people. I'm well aware of that. Some of us are evening people, you know. Some of your best time may be at noon, maybe in mid-afternoon or in evening. Mine has always been the morning time, the early morning time. And I, I enjoy starting my day off in my time, my attitude, my devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible study becomes a lot more clear to me. It, it, the retention rate for me in the morning is very strong. For some of you, you don't get it until noon, you know. There's no retaining anything until noon. 
So it's that pick that time that is appropriate for you in your own Bible study, your own devotional time. Very important that you do that. And prayer. When do you pray? I pray all the time. Uh, it's just, it's a matter of the Bible says, when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it means to be in such a constant communication with the Father through Jesus Christ that we don't ever stop praying. It's not a matter of, of coming to the end of the day and having this long type of prayer. It's a matter of, of being in such constant communication with the Lord that whether we're behind the wheel of a car, whether we're shopping, whether we're at home, whatever we're doing, we're in constant communication with the Lord. We're in constant awareness of His presence in our lives. And we're in constant uh, communication about what we should be about, what we should be doing, how we're thinking, how we're feeling, what are about our emotions, what about our intellect, what do you think, Lord? Where, where do we go from here? What's your agenda? I always have an agenda during the day, and I pray over it. I, I take these ten items, and I try to break them down to my top three, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, no, I don't think so. No, I, don't, I don't think that's what you're going to accomplish today at all. And then the phone rings or somebody comes in or something of this nature, and you're off. But it's the Lord, and it's, that's where prayer and fellowship and worship and Bible study prepare you for the Lord's agenda for the day. And then, there, of course, there's that sacrificial living. Romans 12, 1 and 2 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies holy, a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service, which is your appropriate worship. A problem I've found with living sacrifices is they tend to curl off the altar. That'll hit some of you later on. We, <laughs> and by that, it simply means that that we may offer ourselves a living sacrifice, but later on in the day, we've decided to take it all back. You know? Wait a minute, Lord, I can do this. I've got this. Don't worry about it. I'm all right. And so we tend to allow God not to become Lord of our lives at that point. But that sacrificial living means that whatever you want, Lord, today, it's your time, it's your schedule, this is your body, this is your temple that you've created for the, for the uh, living of the Holy Spirit within me. And by the way, next week I'm going to begin a series on the Holy Spirit. And I'm looking forward to that as well because it goes hand in glove with what we've been talking about the last weeks. So this, this sacrificial living of knowing who the Lord is and, and, and these branches that we are become nourishment Nourished through all of this process, through worship, through Bible study, through the devotional time, through prayer, and through sacrificial living, and it also through fellowship with other believers. I have, uh, I have pastors that I talk to, and I have people that I talk to here in the congregation who uh, tend to have that, that fellowship in the Lord, and, and you know when you're fellowshipping in the Lord because you have a common subject. And that common subject is Jesus Christ. And so as we are fellowshipping in the Lord, we begin, to, we begin to share with one another. Guess what I studied today? I got this great psalm. Boy, this is really good. Wait until you hear what, what I got out of this particular verse in the Scripture. 
this is fantastic. Did you know I was, I was witnessing to somebody over here and this is what their response was and I know I'm going to go back to them because they're looking forward to knowing something more about the Lord. And it's that, that fellowship with one another in Christ Jesus that continues to strengthen us. That's the, the nourishment that we branches need. Secondly, there, every branch needs discipline. Now this is kind of tough. Jesus said, I am, the tri- I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the gardener. You know all about gardening, I assume. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. Now what is he saying here? Hebrews 12 says, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, he chastises, he uh, punishes sometimes everyone whom he receives. And it's not always a painless process. More times than not, it is a painful process, but the end result becomes a more vibrant, fruitful lifestyle that we have in Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? It means that God loves us so much that He'll take us just as we are without one plea. But He loves us too much to leave us that way. So as He begins to prune off these little attitudes or these little habits or these little behaviors that we have or these, these preconditions or, or presumptions or prejudices or any of these other things, He begins to snip them off as the gardener. He looks at us as that branch and says, you know what? He could do without this attitude. Snip. Or she really thinks too highly of herself. I think, snip. And there's the pruning process. And all of a sudden we're thinking, now wait a minute. I didn't think like that before, this time last year. Or other people will begin to see the pruning process in us. They'll look at us and and many times we're the last ones to know, aren't we? Other people will look at us and say, you know what, you're different. You're not approaching life the way that you once did. You're not approaching life the way you were raised, perhaps. That's not the person that I remember. Man, your temper has really, really gotten better. That snipping. You can feel the gardener right back there behind you, snipping off that that short fuse of yours and making it a lot longer. Well, you know, in my day, I would have done something different than that. Boy, I would have been right in his face. But why aren't you now? I don't know. I don't know. There's just something. When I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, all of a sudden, things began to change with my attitude. I don't get it. Well, the Lord's back there. Sometimes the disciplinary process results in perhaps a physical infirmity, a disability, Sometimes it's a, a, what could be a terminal illness. It could be a bad report from the doctor. It could be any number of things. It could be financial failure. But it's God's way of gardening, and it's not always painless. But God is the gardener. Don't ever forget that. And He loves us so much, He's going to receive us just like we are. But He loves us too much to leave us that way. Boy, I tell you what, that's just really 
to me, it was profound when I learned that. So here we are being pruned. Why? He prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, Jesus says. Remain, abide in me, and I will abide or remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, which brings up the third point. Branches are created to bear fruit. You know, when you're in Israel or when you're in in some of these uh, wine-producing areas, these grape-producing areas, you see the pruning that goes on in the off-season. And these branches and vines don't look very impressive. But then when the season comes and the fruit begins to uh, become harvest time, then you see that plant that was so unimpressive now looks extremely impressive. And not only that, but look at the beautiful fruit that it's bearing. So we are created to bear fruit. Verses 4 and 5 say it that way. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear forth much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then verse 8 adds that this is to my Father's glory, that you bear forth much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We don't produce fruit to please ourselves, but to serve others. That's the purpose of our fruit. Galatians 2.10 said, We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are His workmanship. We are His poem that is being lived out on a daily basis. So we are His created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God had before ordained that we should walk in these good works as well. Galatians 5, and 23 talks about this fruit of the Spirit. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine fruits right there in Galatians 5, and 23. So what kind of fruit are you bearing? Now, we glorify God through our fruit. Let me just make a statement here that uh, was profound to me when I, when I saw this years ago. And where a lot of people get it wrong, God doesn't ask us to be fruitful. Bear with me. Let that settle. Simmer a little bit. Your first thought is, oh no, that's wrong. God never called us to be fruitful. What does he say here? He calls us to be faithful because the fruit is not ours. We don't bear it. So many people think, I've got to be fruitful. There are so many things that we have to do, and that's where legalism gets gets it all wrong. There's this entire list of things that I have to do. God expects me to be fruitful. I've got to do all of these particular things. And we write the list down, and we're focused on what? Not on God, not on Jesus Christ as the vine. We're focused on things. We're focused on activities. We're focusing on results. We don't worry about results. We worry about being faithful. Being faithful in the vine, and the vine bears its fruit through the branches. 
It's not our fruit. It's His. And here's the thing. When Jesus said, I am the true vine, if you want to be a branch of this true vine, you're going to be faithful in the true vine and allow the fruit of the Lord Jesus Christ to bear through us. We glorify God through our fruit because it's His fruit that He bears through us. And He loves to be glorified. He loves to show His glory. And He likes to show it through you and through me. But the only way He can do that is if we're faithful in abiding or remaining in Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, it starts to make sense then. Then all of a sudden, this vineyard that he's planting here in Sun City Center, in this family of faith, all of a sudden, we may not be very impressive to the outside world, but just wait as we continue to be more faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ the more His fruit is born through us and the more attractive it becomes every day. Not because of us, but because of Him. The way He bears it through us. Well, then the final thing, the dead branches are removed. Remember in Mark 11, verse 12 and following, and Jesus and the disciples were hungry. They were en route to Bethany. And there was that fig tree. And it, whether or not it was harvest time or whether it was time for figs to be actually in season, there were no figs on the trees. So Jesus cursed the trees. The next day they found that the tree had withered and died. But it was a teachable moment for the disciples because Jesus was saying to them, I want you to be fruitful. And then later on he comes into this statement, I am the true vine. You are the branches. You abide in me and I abide in you. I, you remain in me. I remain in you. You will bear forth much fruit because it will be my fruit born through you. A fruit tree has one specific purpose. That's to bear fruit. Now, Matthew 7, 21, Jesus put it this way. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So not everybody that's going to attach themselves to Christianity or to the church is going to be in eternal uh, resonance with Jesus Christ. Because not everybody is really a branch, a true branch, that is allowing the Lord to bear fruit through them by faith in Him. Oh, we know that. Jesus had a period of time in his life when he, when he looked at the, at the masses of people who had been following him for whatever reason they followed him. Some wanted him to heal them. Some were looking for a free meal. Some just wanted to be a part of the, of the groupies perhaps that were following him from one village to another. Let's see if he's going to do another miracle. I mean, we don't have shows like this around here. Let's just see what Jesus can do. And so they followed him. And Jesus said, you know what? The birds of the air have their nest. The foxes have their hole. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Well, that didn't set well with them. This is the guy that we assume is going to be the next king of Israel. And yet Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this earth. At that point, the Bible says, many of them 
turn and walk no more with them. We see the same thing with Gideon. There were all of these people. And then 30,000 turned and left when Gideon gave them an opportunity to leave. What's that all about? Well, we like it when it's good, but when it's not good, we're out of here. And that's the way it is with a lot of Christians. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven, which indicates that he is abiding in me and I am abiding in him. And my fruit is being born in him. If he's a dead branch, is what the Bible says, then the Bible says that you are taken out away from the vine. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. You remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear forth much fruit. Well, you want to look at your life. Is it a fruitful life? Is it one that the Lord has borne fruit through you? Is it one where you can look back on your life and say, you know, I have been going to church all of these years. Is there any fruit? No. Maybe you never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe that's been the problem from the very beginning. Maybe it's been that, that you have always been one of these social Christians. Somebody who simply attaches himself or herself to the local church, whatever denomination it may be, because you like the people. I mean, they're nice folks. They have some good socials, and there's some good things going on down there at that particular church. So I think maybe I'll pay my, I'll give them some money, become a part of their activity, and that's it. But has there been any fruit born through you by Jesus Christ? No. Why? Because you're not a true branch. Why aren't you a true branch? Because you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And what happens? God says, and the branch is off the vine. Because not everyone who says to him, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, Jesus said, who is in heaven. So I want you to be reflective. Do some self-inventory in these next few moments together that we have. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or are you simply attached to the Christian church because maybe your parents were always churchgoers, maybe your wife or your husband was a churchgoer, you wanted to be, well, what else is there? But you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you've trusted Christ, but you've never followed Him in scriptural baptism by immersion. Maybe that's been a sticking point. You just don't want to do it. You don't like it. It doesn't sound right to you. Whatever the case might be, it's a matter of obedience. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delights in His way. So it's a matter of, of being obedient in that step. The Lord's not going to ask you to take step two until you have completed step one, whatever that is. God has asked you to do something and you've resisted. He said, well, I'm not going to ask you to do anything else until you've been faithful at that point. Maybe you're not a member of this fellowship, but you're looking for a church home. I don't know of any place that you're going to find greater love toward one another, 
an opportunity to serve than you will right here. So here you are. This is a great place to serve the Lord. And for all of us, it's a matter of, it's a time of rededication of our heart, mind, soul, and strength to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We are the, we are the branches. He is the vine. In a moment, I'll be here at the front to pray with you about your decision, whatever that might be. But let's pray now. Father, I just thank you for this time that you've given us for this blessing that's ours in Jesus. Be with us today. May we honor and glorify you above all things. May these decisions being made now bring you glory.